0: And welcome to Can You Hear Me? I'm Eileen Rochford, CEO of the marketing and strategy firm, The Harbinger Group.
1: And I'm Rob Johnson, president of Rob Johnson Communications. For professionals like Eileen and me who have clients who judge their success by appearing on earned media like traditional TV, radio, or print, Getting them prepped for that engagement can make or break the interview, but each interview is different depending on the realities of that particular outlet.
0: Like radio, for instance. Since you're heard there and not seen at all, it's okay to have notes in front of you just as long as you don't sound like you're reading from them, right? I mean, nobody wants to hear that. And the formats on radio, depending on the show, can be very different. Many shows have longer form interviews. They can last as long as seven, eight, nine minutes. And those are great because they can allow you to really show your personality, comfortably weave in stories, examples others like news radio 780 WBBM in Chicago are typically straight news with much much shorter segments. We're getting to the point is paramount.
1: And speaking of news radio, WBBM we're honored to welcome the can you hear me? Veteran award-winning news anchor Rob Hart. Rob, welcome to the program. We appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you for having me today. And I do have to say right off the top, it's odd for me to be to have a podcast with Eileen and I'm the Rob with the second best voice today. So I'm just going to have to get over it. We're going to plow through. It's going to be awesome. We're looking <laughs> forward to it.
2: That's very flattering because every time I hear myself on the radio, I say, "I'm like, "Why do I sound like some of one of the super fans?" It, it, this it, to me, it sounds very
1: nasally.
0: I think you guys are both amazing.
1: <laughs> you're doing you're doing just fine.
0: Coming from a total amateur rookie, <laughs> you guys are great. Okay,
1: uh, I have voice envy of Rob Hart, but that's that's beside the point. We're gonna we're gonna plow through here. So, Rob, uh, for our listeners. Why don't you give everybody a little bit of your background so they know how you got to one of the preeminent Chicago radio stations, um, not only in Chicago, but in America?
2: Well, I, I started out, uh, my journey into broadcasting began at uh, Marquette University, where I was a uh, uh, communications major. Well, it was and electronic communications uh, back then. I was on the uh, campus radio station. I did some uh, work on the campus TV station, and then uh, in my sophomore year, the uh, executive talk show producer at WTMJ Radio in Milwaukee. It turns out he played racquetball with my broadcasting advisor at Marquette. And he told him, I think we have a couple of openings for a a part-time producer slash newscaster, someone who would work on the weekends. Do you know of anybody? And uh, my name was at the top of his uh, mental list. And uh, that was the very beginning. My first day on the air in Milwaukee as a professional broadcaster was April 22nd of 2000. And my job job was, um, Answer the phones during the uh, sports talk show uh, that would lead up to the Brewers or the Bucks, and then I would play the commercials during the Brewers games or the Bucks games, and then we'd go into tape programming afterwards. And we had a three-minute local news cut in after the network news at the top of the hour, and that was uh, my my first entry into big time radio. And and the funny thing was uh, back then, you know, you're a sophomore, you're a junior at Marquette, and uh, I would get off the air at eleven thirty. And then go straight to campus parties where everybody else was, and uh, I thought like I was an astronaut returning from the moon or something like that. It's like oh, by the way, I was on the radio, and then they would uh, they would say oh where? And I'd say well WTMJ AM six twenty. It's like oh my parents listened to that, and that was the end of all the uh, the, the social cachet that that would that would bring you, but. Uh, fi- Five years at WTMJ uh, led to, uh, to WGN in Chicago. Uh, my first day on the air in the city was uh, October uh, 17th of 2005, the day the White Sox uh, won the American League uh, pennant. And uh, that, <laughs> that was a heck of a way to start. And uh, from there, it was uh, uh, did an all-new startup. Uh, you may remember FM News 101.1 in its uh, 11 glorious months of operation. And then, uh, when, when it went off the air, I was still under contract for, for another year. And you talk about pivots, I go from doing all news, um, to going down the hall, the loop, uh, classic rock. They had a new morning show that was uh, underway and they said, uh, do you want to give that a, give that a shot? And it turns out, uh, the host and I had some chemistry. I stayed there until 2015. And from there it was on to BBM. And I've, I've been there ever since. That is awesome.
0: Just, just a smashing success of a career.
1: Can I just say one second for one second though. Your journey though in radio, anybody that's done TV. I mean, I I I in and did all that and started in small markets. To start at a powerhouse like TMJ, I mean, because it owns it owns Milwaukee. Everybody, I think nationally who pays attention understands that it's a great brand, radio, television, uh, the Milwaukee Journal. So, uh, so I'm just saying that was not a normal way to start and to be like, hey, I'm in college, I'm going to parties. Oh, and I'm also, you know, anchoring the news at WTMJ. That's pretty special.
2: I, I was I was very fortunate because there, there was a uh, my senior year at Marquette uh, I took what spending money I had and spent it on a huge Chevy Blazer thinking that I needed this big SUV to cart all of my stuff across the country because I'm going to graduate and then start working through small market radio and eventually get to Chicago by the time I turned 30 and. I did have a job offer from Dubuque, Iowa, uh, KDTH AM, thirteen seventy, the voice of the tri states, and I would do morning news and agriculture reports. And uh, the the news director at TMJ said, um, "What's your goal?" And I said, "I want to get to Chicago eventually, back to my hometown." And he said, "It's a lot faster through Milwaukee than it is through Dubuque," and uh, so that the the decision was made right then and there. That's great advice. Beautiful.
0: Oh my gosh, as one market grad to another. Well done. Well, thank you very much.
1: And you all are enjoying and you guys are enjoying a nice year if you're a college <laughs> basketball fan, I know you guys want to get that in and what a what a cool ride uh, what a cool ride the team's having.
0: I'm not wearing a
2: Marquette <laughs> shirt. What are you talking about?
1: How could you tell? <laughs> Uh, yeah it's it's a podcast they can't they can only see it they can hear us not see us but uh rob has his nice uh he's a good marquette man with his tie on and everything so you all are definitely uh representing the representing the alma mater well
0: darn right someday i will interview shaka smart
1: <laughs> there you go
0: it's my 2024 goal people <laughs> we're gonna figure out a way that man is just the best awesome program Hot off a big win today. So I'm feeling it for sure. And it's funny, Rob. I have a similar, but I'll make it much, much shorter because it's not as interesting. Uh, story of, of being in the Milwaukee market and attending Marquette as a journalism major made a huge difference because of access to at the time the uh journal Sentinel, Milwaukee, where I worked as a junior and a senior. And and I also worked at the Associated Press here, um, as an undergrad, which led, you know, to my first job too. So it's pretty cool that um, You know, you go to a school in a market like this with a great connection to the city through all the awesome um, educators and faculty, and they they really do make connections for us. So it's pretty awesome.
2: And I I tell people that, I mean, not to turn this into a you should send your kids to Marquette (laughs) podcast, but...
0: What? Mine goes there.
2: But apparently it is. (laughs) I do say um, one of the great things about working in Milwaukee, and uh, given the fact that Marquette is right next to downtown and you have that access to downtown Milwaukee is that, um, you can do a lot of stuff professionally early on, uh, in, in any discipline. And, um, cause I, 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 am part of the mentor program that could, you, you mentor students, uh, along the way. And, uh, we have a lot of, a lot of wannabe sports guys and a lot of be sports gals, uh, come my way. And I say, you're in a great place in Milwaukee. Cause you have the bucks right there. You have the brewers, uh, right down I-94 things are happening. I mean, one one of the ways I earned my spurs in, uh, in 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 news broadcasting was it was and is the center of the political universe um i remember there was a uh there was a democratic uh, debate in 2004 hosted at marquette and uh, one of the moderators was lester holt uh, a guy i had grown up watching on channel two and i was a, a very terrified 24 year old going up mr holt i just want you to know that i've watched you my entire life and uh, he couldn't have been more gracious a- and the amazing thing it was he had his teenage son along for the ride to observe everything. He's like, oh, by the way, this is my son, Stefan, who, of course, now is on Oops. Channel 5.
0: Exactly. That's really cool.
1: Lester is such a great guy. And uh, I, I, I echo everything you say. Yeah, I echo everything you say about them.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I know when I told my kids that I was on the overnight news desk at the Sentinel the night that Jeffrey Dahmer was apprehended, um, I waited till they were old enough to know who that was. Um <laughs>
2: That was—they right. were old enough to watch the Netflix movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's when you dropped that particular bomb on them.
0: Yeah, that was eye-opening. They were like, Tch. "I'm like, yeah." And you talked about, uh, you know, getting off at eleven thirty, going to the bars. I had to walk home at three in the morning after having, you know, covered the dust that night. It was that was that was. You know, surreal, shall we say. Okay. Now, here we are here to talk about how Marquette is, how great Marquette is. No, just kidding.
1: That was such a great intro, by the way. I mean, wh- one of our best, if I may say so, but it also depends on having a great guest. So thank you, Rob. You brought the best of us. Happy to jerk the wheel from the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we could, we encouraged the direction, at least I did the direction of that wheel.
1: Yeah. No, no, me too.
0: Okay. So, Rob, um, heart, let's talk about, um, When an expert or a thought leader is preparing to be on any uh, radio show format, because I think you could probably have some universal tips here, what guidance would you give them? Because you've listened to thousands of people either do really well or maybe not so great over the many years. I want to hear your guidance on what they could do to make uh, as much of a success as they possibly can during that interview.
2: I I would say the first thing is uh, don't panic. I mean, that's good advice in life, but this it's especially good in an interview setting because uh, people, uh, when they say, okay, you're going to be on the radio, you're going to be on TV, um, depending on your mindset, you can think, oh my goodness, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are listening and um, I'm going to be, this is 60 minutes, the reporter or the anchor or the broadcaster is uh, coming after me to make me look terrible and nothing can be further from the truth. If you're on as a thought leader, uh from a interviewer perspective uh you are going to get uh, slow fat ones over the plate over and over and over again, many opportunities to knock it out of the park because what we're doing is just giving you a chance to show off what, you know, it is a thing that, uh, that, that, that people fantasize about, uh, throughout their life, you know, just an opportunity to have the floor and, uh, and, and talk about what they know. I mean, if you went to a party and somebody said, just tell me about what you do for a living and then just kept asking you questions about it, you would be thrilled. Like you, He's like, I, I want to hang out with this person because all they do is ask me about my career and the things I know and and, and all of this knowledge that I carry with me um, that that I, I use to make money, but also just because I'm really passionate and believe in it. And that's what we're doing on the radio. We're giving you an opportunity Talk about what you know and fill in the gaps for the rest of us. And I think that is um, that will help you calm down and uh, help you uh, 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 really understand what you're trying to do as as, as part of the interview. So you're playing on your home court and we want you to succeed because uh, if you as the interviewer uh, tell us what you know, Then the show was very informative.
0: That's great advice. I really like the concept of thinking about it as you're a party guest and you found the nicest person in the room who's going to ask you all the questions that you've always wanted to be asked. So talk away.
1: (laughs) And, And think about, you know, Eileen, from our perspective, you know, as we guide our clients, that's always the thing. It's like the elevator speech, the cocktail party, the wherever you are, how can you make a compelling case for yourself without going on for five minutes straight where people's eyes will glaze over and and that you answer the question in an interesting enough way that it elicits another question. So this is kind of this falls in line with what we kind of, I think, you know, consult our clients on is how to how do you answer that question? And what Rob's talking about is we're just going to tee you up because we want to we want to hear your subject matter expertise. And the more comfortable you are, the more it's going to come through. Is that right, Rob?
2: Yeah, that's correct. And of course, if if the interviewer is any good, he or she is listening and then we'll also guide the conversation based on what you you're saying. But uh you should know this as as an interviewee. It doesn't necessarily work out that way. Uh sometimes the interviewer just has like three, four or five questions and they want to get those questions answered. And that's the end of the segment. They're not going to really kind of listen and respond to what it is you're saying, but uh the better ones will. And so that 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 is going they're they're going to guide the conversation based on they're going to listen to you and ask questions based on what you're saying.
1: Those are the best interviews. Don't don't come in with a list of questions and then you're like, oh, four or five five, six, eight, 10, 12, listen to the answer because it might take you places you weren't counting on going. So, okay. We mentioned off the top, the type of station you're on Makes all the difference when it comes to prioritizing your messages and your pacing. So, what would you say to guests who need to consider uh, when coming on your station, News Radio uh, WBBM? And it's very quick pace with short stories and interviews. We talked about some places where you can answer longer questions, but yours, you're looking for that quick soundbite. So, what do people need to think about when they're coming on a place like yours? It has a more, you know, quick pace.
2: Well, I will say this both as a, a person who is who's now behind the microphone at BBM, but also uh, who was on the station as a guest uh, when I used to be a reporter in Milwaukee. And I'll, I'll give you an example. There was a day in 2005, uh, there was a very big story that, uh, it, that ended in Milwaukee. And that was the case of the, uh, um, the person who uh, shot and killed the family of the federal judge uh he he drove up to milwaukee he uh, ended his life there and we were getting phone calls from all over the country about this and the two that i fielded one was from gn and spike odell the second one was from bbm and uh, pat cassidy and felicia middlebrook and the first one was spike and that was a seven minute interview and i thought i was part of the show by the time we were done it was very chatty very relaxed and i just couldn't believe it um that i was uh you know doing you know chicago radio and just i felt like a part of the gang i was was prepared to do that again on BBM. And, uh, that was 90 seconds. And it was it was basically I said my name and just kind of explained what happened. And there's like, all right, that's Rob Hart, WTMJ. Thank you. Like they hustled you off the phone because the formats are different. Uh, GN, you can speak at length or a WLS or another news talk station at any anywhere else in America. But BBM is all news. And it is uh, an ancestor of the all news format that was developed by Westinghouse in 1965. The, you give us 22 minutes. We give you the world headlines. Boom, boom, boom. So it's a lot faster than uh, a traditional news talk radio show. So when you're on my show, uh, it's three minutes at the very at the there's one segment that goes for four. And so the answers to questions, you kind of have to structure it as I would a news story where the most interesting fact or the insight that you want to get out or um Uh, 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 the the piece of advice that you want to give out, that's got to be the first thing you say or close to the first thing you say. And that's how you should probably organize your thoughts when you're going into that situation. A seven-minute news talk radio interview, you can afford to be a little more loosey-goosey. You can do the, hey, how's it going? You can kind of, uh, follow the host on tangents uh but in that situation where you have a seven minute interview um, that's where preparation comes in and and just having more to say uh, will serve you in segments where you have more time in which to say it
0: very good so i i totally appreciate your point of you know the the contrast and formats and making the first most important thing that you say uh you know what you start with when you get a real short one 90 seconds to maybe three minutes um but how how do you be Hithy? How do you get to the point? How do you prepare to be that? Instead of it's, I have a client who loves to say, you know, his son's coach used to tell him he was a pitcher, throw strikes. Okay. How do I do that? (laughs) Just kidding.
1: Thanks for the
2: advice. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it takes a lot of practice, just like how, if you are a pitcher and the advice is throw strikes, there's a lot of bullpen sessions involved. And I, I think in, in my case, you know, I started doing uh, talk shows or long form type coverage uh, from being a, a news anchor where you have, you know, you you have three minutes, you have six minutes and that's it. That's all your time it's scripted in front of you uh when i switched over to being a talk show host um in in 2010 2011 uh i i had to teach myself how to be pithy because there were a lot of like long rambling questions where you can kind of as the listener just kind of hear where my thought process was going and it was it was if, if we had to illustrate it it was like looking at the game board from candyland where we're just twisting and turning and going here and there and not a straight line from A to B. So the the one thing I learned that I kind of applied from news writing, which was interesting stuff on top, uh, that helped me become a much punchier broadcaster when it was time to speak off the cuff.
1: If I could add something to what you just said, because you just nailed it, a really important point, and and I'm not trying to turn this on me other than to say I've had that experience coming from TV, and your format and TV's format are very similar in terms of you, you got to get to it quick, and, and I have this internal clock, and get to it, and don't waste time. And then I started filling in, as I still do from time to time on WLS radio, where it's seven to nine minutes, as we're talking about. So I do that on occasion and I enjoy doing it, but they had to remind me, Rob, quit hurrying, slow down. You don't have to get to it in 20 seconds because my brain for all those years on TV was used to doing that much like your brain is used to doing that right now where you sit. And all of a sudden they were like, Hey, slow it down a little bit. So that's a really good point that you just made.
2: And again, it's just like, it's, it's one of those things that uh, you learn by doing. I mean, the more you do it, the better you get,
1: the more comfortable you become good advice. Absolutely. So, so you touched upon it and then I just brought it up, but I really want to give people an idea. And you said, you're, you really need to prepare when you're on those longer interviews because you've been at all these various stations all over the place. But when you do have that extra time, when you can be more deliberate, how not only from a prep standpoint, but how are you able to paint that picture when you know I don't have to give this answer in 10 or 15 seconds. I can give it in 30 to 45. I don't encourage anybody to do it in like three or four minutes. Cause then you don't, you know, and you just kind of bore people to death. But, um, how do you, how do you kind of coach people through that painting the picture idea? Hey, you can slow it down a little
2: bit. Well, I think in, in, in this type of situation, um, where you have more time, uh, you can tell a story to illustrate a point. You can add, uh, more background, um, on whatever it is you're talking about, I mean, for example, I mean, going back to that day in 2005 when uh, I, I, I was uh, on the news talk show explaining, you know, where they found the, where they found the vehicle. What is you know where they found the car in West Allis, Wisconsin? Uh, where is West Allis in reference to downtown Milwaukee? compared, You know, how does that? Well, what is that? How does that compare to the geography of Chicago? Trying to um, just provide more grace notes. To the information, as opposed to just doing uh, basic bullet points and just being more conversational. I mean, I think that is, you know, going back to the cocktail party aspect of it. Um, you have thirty seconds on the elevator to explain what you do, but uh, now we're at the cocktail party, and 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 we have a little more time uh, to have a discussion about what we're doing uh, between the hors d'oeuvres and uh, uh, trips trips to the wine rack.
0: <laughs> Very good.
2: I love
1: it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And do you ever encounter folks? I'm sure you have, because I hear this um, from my clients who they're asked a question and they freeze, and maybe they say yes, no.
1: Yeah, don't give that answer.
0: How do so? Because sometimes your brain, you know, just freezes, and we'll get on uh, that in a second. But how do you coach or handle, you know, coach people through, or handle situations like that when you have guests who are maybe not giving all the color that you'd hope they were going to deliver?
2: Well, I, I'll tell you how, how this usually progresses: is that we usually have someone who's new on the show; they haven't done this before. And so question one, question two are the yes and no answer because they're just trying to get their footing. And then you try to ask it a different way, or maybe you look on the prep sheet and you see another interesting fact about them and you try to talk about that. And what I have discovered is that, you know, the first three questions may be yes or no. And then you're thinking, all right, well, I can wrap them up uh, inside the allotted window. And then question number four, they're fully relaxed. They're, they're here to talk now. They, they understand, they, they understand it took a little while for that to connect in their head, but once, once it does. You can't get them to stop talking, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, we gotta go now. And but so if, if if somebody has a yes or no question, what I've discovered from a guest perspective is that it's usually the first two. Once they develop a comfort level, then they are the dynamic and interesting person that you know.
1: Oh, that's great. I would also say too to add on to that, Rob, as somebody that used to interview people all the time. I put it on myself. If I asked a question and it was yes or no, and they were nervous or whatever the case was, that was my fault. I should be asking what and how that, 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 that leads them down a a pathway of having to. Expand upon what they're saying as opposed to a yes or no question. So if I ever heard a yes or a no, I thought you can do better, Rob.
2: Well, that's 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 that. No, I I agree with you completely because that was a um that was a a real problem I had early on, which was I didn't ask the question. It was kind of like a a rambling statement based on what I knew, and then you'd say like, "What do you think about that?" And you've already said what they were going to say. So my role as an interviewer is to get you to talk. So if we're talking about being pithy, it's the interviewer's job to make sure that the questions are short and punchy, and so the other person feels they have the airspace to answer the question and fill in the gaps. I mean, people are tuning in um Do you hear you as the host, obviously, but they want to hear the information that you're conveying. They want to hear what the guest has to say. They don't want to hear Rob Hart bloviating for 45 seconds and then the guest, the expert, the financial person with all the letters after their name uh, say yes or no. I mean, you have to give the guest the opportunity to demonstrate that they are the expert.
0: And to your earlier point, preparation well ahead of your interview as the person answering the questions is going to get you to that comfort level to help you be able to take advantage of the time that you have, whether it's short or long.
2: And, and, and preparation, too, and I, I, I'll give another example, and this is uh, when I'm a guest on Chicago Tonight, they do that Week in Review uh, show on Friday nights, and they will send you, the producer will, the packet of all of the things they are talking about on the show and I read the whole thing and I make little notes like this, this is what this is the point I'm going to make about this particular subject. This is my thought on, on, on some ongoing trial because, uh, it's, it's a, it's a slam bang format. And, uh, Paris Schutz is the host is going, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And you have to be ready to say something, even though, even though, uh, it's, it's like taking a fi- like an oral exam about what's happening in the city of Chicago. So if you are going to be a guest on a show, um, you know, know the material backwards and forwards, know your your area of expertise, your your, your your subject matter backwards and forwards, and maybe, you know, make a couple of notes about like, well, th- this is my point on this particular subject. This is, you know, if we're talking about uh, 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 a new report on manufacturing, you know, these are just some little bullet points you want to make sure that you get out um, while you're talking. I mean, don't sound like you're reading an outline, but just know it's there to refer to in case you're you're grappling for something to say.
0: Very good, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I would also mention that. Shows like the WBBM New News are—it's got a very consistent format. So, as a a guest on the show, making sure to listen and learn and pay attention and be prepared—you know, based on kind of the flow of uh, that specific show that you're going to be on—that would certainly help you feel prepared as well and be prepared.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just watch the show, listen to the show. You know, know what you're going, know what you're getting into first, um, and then you can prepare just based on on the vibe of what you're listening to or watching. If, if you know it's like a very relaxed uh, conversational show, be prepared for that. If you know it's, uh, you know, short, pithy questions, prepare for that.
0: Right. Good. Well, let's conclude with um, the the guest who might be a little more anxious, you know, for whom being on being interviewed, period, on any media outlet um, might really, you know, cause them to get hives or, you know, just to kind of get a little worried. Um, what advice would you have for folks like that? What can they do to prepare to kind of calm themselves down and still make great uh, use of the opportunity to be interviewed?
2: Well, first off, we're all nervous. If, if, if you're not nervous, you're unprofessional. I think there there is a level of of heightened anxiety, heightened awareness um, before a program begins, even as Uh, a broadcaster. I mean, I've been doing this, you know, my first internship was the summer of 99, so I'm going to say, I've been doing this for 25 years. And even now, at 10.03, on a weekday morning, once that music is going, I still get nervous. And I think it's you can use that nervous energy to focus. It will make you a better performer. Um, It'll make you a better interview subject. It allows you to organize your thoughts in your head. And uh, just know um, question one, question two, uh, once you get those two answers out, you're going to feel a lot better. You're going you're gonna to be in it and you're like, man, this is great. And then you're going to be surprised when it's over. So, you know, use that kind of anticipation, that nervous energy to focus your mind and on what you're going to say, because once you are two answers into the interview, you're going to be relaxed and you're, you, you can talk all day at that point.
1: You know what I tell my clients? There's a fine line between I'm nervous and I have adrenaline and I'm so, you know, I, I I can feel it coursing through my veins. There's a very fine line there. You can either lean into the, oh, I'm nervous and I'm you know, I can't swallow and I'm, you know, breaking out into hives or sweating <laughs> or whatever, or saying, I'm going to embrace this. Because if you don't feel that adrenaline, then you're not a, a competitor or a performer or whatever the case is. So that's a really great point. But I always tell people there's a fine line between I'm so nervous and man, I got this adrenaline pumping. No, make it work for you. Make it work for you. Yeah, I can give you a real edge.
0: All right. I'm going to ask one more thing, uh, which is, is there anything we didn't cover here, Rob, that you think, based on the subject, our listeners might want to hear or advice you were hoping to be able to impart today?
2: I mean, I think, you know, we, you talked about it earlier, and that is, uh, if you are nervous and you have a prep sheet in front of you or some notes, don't read the notes. Um, and and I, I've been in the in, in those situations where um, they will send you kind of a background about what they're talking about. And then I'll say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And then they're clearly reading off of the sheet. So don't do that. That because you're not doing yourself any favors. I mean, this is this is part of a uh, a practice exercise for you. And as as my kids like to say, uh, practice makes better. I guess practice makes perfect is uh, out of vogue uh, in schools. So practice makes better. And so it and, and that that is that is the case for uh, uh, reading at a second grade level. And that is the case for uh, talking on the radio. The more you do it, the better you get. And um uh and 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 you'll just enjoy. Speaking extemporaneously. So don't uh, limit yourself by just uh, reading off the prep sheet. Very good. These
1: Marquette folks are solid.
0: <laughs> oh, thanks, Rob. You're the best. I meant heart,
2: just so you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew, but thank you for clarifying.
2: Well, this is, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is how we uh, we amazed so many people at, uh, you know, 19th and Kilbourne way back when.
0: That's right. Five-serve form is to my uh, back right now. You, all, you guys can't actually see it, but I am here in the hood.
2: So
1: we are representing well. Rob, we're so appreciative of your time and your expertise, and it's just an absolute joy having you on today. So thanks for being with us.
2: Well, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. And I was very nervous beforehand. So uh, once you get a couple of- <laughs> we are very intimidating.
0: I can see why.
1: And two questions in, it was just like we're having this long conversation. All of a sudden, yeah, I just relaxed and I could talk forever. I got to tell you, the 10-minute preamble, that's as, that's as good as we've ever done. So that was awesome. And you were <laughs> terrific. So thanks again. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, man. And folks, that's going to do it for another edition of Can You Hear Me? I'm Rob Johnson. We would love to hear from all of you. If you have any thoughts on today's topic or any other topic you'd like for us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us on social media. And we should tell you, we now have a Can You Hear Me? podcast page on LinkedIn.
0: Yes, we do. So look for that. Well, thanks, everybody. This has been a great show. Um, Again, I... I extend my gratitude to Rob Hart, fellow Marquette alum, an awesome guest and awesome news radio host. I'm Eileen Rochford. We thank you guys for listening. If you loved this show, I have a request. Would you please consider giving us a review on any of those platforms where you can find can you hear me? Everything. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know the drill. Please give us a shout out and a review. It certainly helps other good folks find our show. And we appreciate all of you for listening. Thank you. Take care.